When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is Az. I am joined by Jani on our weekly video. How you doing, Jani? Good international break? Yeah, great. I'm delighted that I didn't wildcard this week because mm. otherwise my international break would have been tinkering daily, hourly for two weeks. And instead, by doing it the week before... I have the same, pretty much the same team I'll be wilding to now, wildcarding to now, and I had a nice little break, which yeah. is lovely. Yeah, you left all the stress to me. I'm on the wildcard this week, and do you know what? It's not that bad. I kind of I did my team last week and haven't really been tinkering with it with it too much. Oh, there's nice. A, there's a couple of players coming in and out. One of your mates is currently um is is in my team, which we're going to talk about uh, in a bit. But yeah, I, I I kind of agree. It does feel like there's quite a settled sort of wildcard template, which I don't yeah. know. It's it's a little bit frustrating in a way because you want to you want there to be picks and differential teams and all that, but the other way is a bit quite relaxing, isn't it? To know kind of who you who you want and <laughs> and, what, yeah. and what, what to do with your team. It's rare. It's great. Like you don't want to be going into a wild card with five or six 50-50 calls. Is it mm. X or is it Y? Now, human nature and being FPL enthusiasts will mean we always go into a wild card with at least one or two 50-50. It's a coin toss, but. You know, if you're in that place, you're probably pretty settled, which yeah. is, is quite nice, which you sound like you are. So, yeah, nice one. Well, we'll see. Probably get to Friday night and I'll probably <laughs> take a lot of them out. That's what tends to happen. Uh, black box night as well. So Mark will probably talk me into another players that I hadn't even considered, uh, which would be nice. Yeah. Uh, right, before we look at your uh, Game Week 7 uh, team, which seems like a long time ago, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Fantasy Five. Uh, Fantasy Scout partnered with Fantasy Five this year. It's a complimentary game to play alongside FPL. It's completely free and there's a £10,000 jackpot to be won every week. If you don't win one week, there's loads of other monthly, weekly, seasonal prizes and you can set up mini leagues to challenge your friends. And there's a Fantasy Football Scout mini league um, as well in the link in the description below. Just to give a bit of context onto what Fantasy Five is, you pick five players, uh, one from five different matches, and they all have a fantasy points target. If the player you pick outscores their fantasy target, then you win. You can tick them off. And if you get all five, you win the 10 grand. I play it every week. I genuinely love it. Uh, it's really simple. It only takes a few minutes to, to do. I uh, haven't won it yet, but Janny and I will be talking about our team selection for the week coming ahead. We'll, we'll win it one day, won't we, Jenny? It's, it's bound to happen, right? so. I can't wait to spend 10k with you on a night out in London or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a great night, won't we? We will, yeah. Just to, yeah, because um, we went out for, because Josh, who I do the fan team videos with, um, he won, obviously won fan team last year. So we went out to, to London a few weeks ago and he put some money behind the bar. That was a very good night. So yeah, we nice. will, we will do the same if if we if we do it uh, for sure. Um, the weekly prizes are a, a Premier League football kit of choice. So that's always a nice one to go for. And the monthly prize for October uh, was a 28-inch 4K gaming monitor. Uh, so the prizes for these things are really good. And the overall prize uh, is Champions League final tickets. So, you know, no expense spared with the prizes there. So get involved. As I said, all links in the description. And if you're interested, stick around at the end of this video and Jenny and I will talk about our team. Speaking of teams, 
Let's have a look at your game week seven, if you can remember it. Uh, I'll read out the players you had. Uh, Ramsdale came in with six. So this was your wildcard team. So yeah, it did, it did okay, to be fair. Uh, Ramsdale, six. Rudiger, two. Cancelo, zero. Diaz came in for Christensen with a nice old zero. Uh, Salah with 13. We'll talk about him in a bit. Foden with seven. We'll definitely talk about him in a bit. Uh, Rafina with three. Saka with three. And then Antonio, two. Lukaku, captain with four. And then the big man Jimenez coming in with, with 10. So kind of a, it was a week where a lot of the players I thought would do well <laughs> didn't. And a lot of the players that I perhaps didn't think would do so well kind of came in. So let's talk about some of the players that came in for you. Uh, so your highest score this week was Salah with 13. Wasn't really backed by too many with a captaincy armband given that he was playing City. What do you reckon about him going forward though? Do you think he might, even in the tougher games, we've still got to start considering him, right? We all just think we're too smart, don't we? Like very few FPL managers, and I know there are a few out there like Lynn that went, I'm giving him the armband, mm. but we all just think we're better than that. And <laughs> we all think we can go, no, of course, it can't be Salah Perma captain because he's got a tricky fixture and Lukaku or Ronaldo have got an easy one. So can I see myself going Perma captain ever on anyone? No, because I probably overthink everything. Is it a wise move moving forward when he's in the form of his life? Perhaps it is, but... I just don't want to play the game like that. I like having the decision mm. to make. So, for example, of course, this week against Watford looks great. But will anyone captain Salah against United next week when Lukaku has Norwich? I'm guessing no. But if you want to, I mean, form is showing us and history is showing us that actually it's not the worst idea in the world. But I can't see myself ever going there. No, it is a tricky one because... I can't work out... I mean, it is, it is a bit of a differential, right? Going for... So, so United yeah. and, and Lukaku v Norwich is, is a perfect example. I mean, within our kind of Twitter sphere, very, very few people are probably going to go for Salah, like we saw yeah. like we saw this week. Because United is a tougher fixture and we tend to play the fixtures when we're picking our captains. So you could argue that actually you're going for the more left-field differential pick. But at the same time, I think in the grander schemes of things, you're going to benefit more from going for... A, a good player against a weaker side. I think if you've got Lukaku v Norwich, you don't captain him. What is even? You might as well just have a really strong squad and just yeah. stick, the, stick the captaincy on Salah every week and just hope for the best because it's the only reason why we have multiple premiums, right? To give us the option of, of captaincy when the fixtures are better for some and worse for others. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I just think it, it makes it more fun if we're moving the armband round, but you, we can't deny how good he's been. <laughs> he's just just stepped up a level this season, hasn't he? I'm not quite sure how Ronaldo won Player of the Month. <sighs> it seems oh. a little bit of a bias there. Uh, it was a little bit like when that year when, was it Ryan Giggs got Sports Personality of the Year? And it was more like Lifetime Achievement Award. And yeah. it just feels like Ronaldo's back in the Premier League. It's like an achievement. It's, yay, thank you for coming back and for scoring a couple of goals off goalkeeper howlers. Like, look at Mo Salah, God's sake. <laughs> I know. I mean, overall performance-wise, Salah's just been a league above, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ronaldo's been doing well, scoring scoring goals, you know, having shots and stuff. But all-round performance-wise, Salah's just been an absolute monster this season. So, yeah, I was, I was well, I was surprised, but not that surprised to see Ronaldo win it. Um, just kind of the way the world. Uh, okay, so you have the good performance here. So Jimenez came in, two assists, 10 points. You stuck with him on the wild card. How you yeah, feeling about him, him going in. forward? You bought him in? Yes, yeah. I bought him in on the wild card, which I was, I was happy about. And I just, I just, 
he's one of those players where you always watch him and think, yeah, if Wolves are going to score, he's going to be involved. Wolves had obviously been underperforming. And then as soon as I saw Jimenez get that goal the week before I wildcarded, I knew when I wildcarded he'd be mm. in. It's, it's that same old striker scores goal after a drought, but has been playing well and still getting chances. And you just know there's going to be a run. Now, he didn't actually score, of course. He got two assists for two brilliant Huang finishes. But the beauty of Jimenez is he gets those assists. And how many strikers, number nines, that also get goals get assists? Not many. Yeah. Um, and he always delivers in the BPS, as you know, as like he he's the sort of striker that does really well in, in, in the, the metrics of the BPS. And he plays 90. Uh, we'll see him on some of the pens. Wolves have got good fixtures. It was a no-brainer that Jimenez came in. And I know a lot of wildcarding this week and looking at Fang instead of Jimenez. I think both are great options. Of course, if money's no issue, it's Jimenez all day long. But Huang at 5.5, I can see why people are going there to try and cover that Wolves attack. Mm. I just, yeah, just for me, I think Jimenez is worth the extra if you combined it. And I know it's quite a lot extra, which is why people love the Huang move. Huang move. It's a great name as well. I think that's why a lot of people are going there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jimenez, Jimenez looks great. I mean, you know, a bit like Tony's, he's almost been tasked with like being a bit of a creator for the for the yeah. side now and lots of attacks going through him. I completely agree. Uh, you know, I, I held off on him because I wanted to see him get that goal. And yeah. he did, and now I think he could go on, on on a bit of a run. So I think he's he's a really good he's a really good pick. And I do wonder if people going with Wang are gonna are gonna regret it. They didn't just pay that little bit of extra uh, for him. So yeah, I really like that. Um, okay, let's talk about come on then. Let's talk about Phil Foden. You must be so proud of yourself. I almost don't <laughs> want to ask you about it, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you you went with him. You were debating him or or Greenwood, weren't you? Right up until the the deadline. Uh, you bat yourself, you're at Foden, he, he got you a goal and now everyone's clamouring to game, including myself. Yeah, and I said on this very stream two weeks ago, if I don't buy Phil Foden, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> and, then I, and then I went from saying that to going... You already owe me a hat eating for when I <laughs> captain Antonio, thank you very much. You can't eat yeah. two hats. I know, well, we're even now-ish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my plan then was going, oh, do I go Greenwood one week and then bring in Foden for this week, knowing the fixtures turn? I was always 100% set on bringing Phil Foden in. It was just, do I go game week seven or eight? And I'm glad I went seven. And look, seven points, it's like, oh, getting so excited to get for seven points. But in a week where everyone pretty much blanked, seven mm. points. And when you're, when you're differential, who was 0.7% owned when I bought Foden, he's now over 2%. When he gets seven points at 0.7% own, that's the same as Rafina getting me 20 points. Like that seven points is huge because no one else is getting those mm. seven. And how unlucky was I? I mean, Phil Foden in that game, if should have that, that was a 15-point game if ever I've seen one for Phil Foden. Absolutely ran the show, missed a one-on-one. How he didn't get the pen from the Milner challenge, although maybe that would have been a free kick. But first contact did look like it, contact looked like it continued into the box. Just ran the show. Now it would be typical Pep to bench him for Burnley, and, and look, <laughs> yeah. there's always that fear. But I didn't buy Foden for one week. I went, I bought Foden knowing that I wanted to cover Man City attack. And when you cover Man City attack, the biggest fear is your guy gets benched. Now, if that's a 9.5 Mares or a 9 million Jesus or a 11.5 KDB, that's a problem. If your expensive assets are ever on the bench, that's a real problem. When it's your seven or eight million pounds, seven to eight million bracket forward, that's going to start two and three or three and four, you just got to take those benches. So if Foden's benched versus Burnley, please, for all of you guys that are buying him, don't sell him off the back of that. Know that that's a risk. Know there's three great games coming up and he's very likely to start two of them. 
you just you just got to take it. Uh, they've got Club Rouge in the Champions League. That's a nice fixture where perhaps Foden is, it doesn't play and Torres plays. They've got the Carabao Cup coming up again. You get some more, you get a, a, a few other sort of more fringe players playing. The Premier League will be the priority outside of the big Champions League games. And therefore, I think Foden's going to get good share of minutes, similar sort of minutes to Grealish. I really do. More than Torres, more than Mares, similar to Jesus, but a lot cheaper. I think he's a great pick. Wow. I mean, that, if you want an impassioned, you know, rendition of why we should be getting Phil Foden, <laughs> I mean, that is definitely it. Yeah, I'm, I have to admit, I'm, I'm kind of coming around to that way. I, th- I think, I still think Grealish is the one that is going gonna, is gonna to play the most. Um, he doesn't seem to be rested. I mean, he came off after, what, 66 minutes in the last game? But yeah. generally speaking, he seems to be playing the majority. But I think you've, you've nailed it with, with Foden, really, because I think when he does play, and he should play the majority of, of minutes, unless yeah. Pep is going back to last season, season before, he looks the most likely player that I see to get points from, yeah. from, from what I'm watching. And we see it we see it a lot with, with Foden. We, you know, we've talked about him the last two seasons. We always wonder when he's really going to hit this, like... FPL legend status because he's he's got the ability to do it no, no question yeah. and he consistent returns you know double digit hauls captaincy option it all just comes down to that threat of rotation with him but I think this this is the most likely I've ever seen him to go on a run yeah which is what why, did it which for is me why was... I'm thinking of getting him in yeah and it's great. Like people, of course, are reacting to a game we saw where he was brilliant. But he was also brilliant the week before that against Chelsea, where he scored, what, two or three FPL points. And and I just saw him playing as the false nine in that game. We saw him left against Liverpool, but very central at the same time. And sort of Grealish was a little bit more central, but they were very similar in terms of their touch maps. Um but you look at Foden and go, he can play in four positions in that Man City team, anywhere along the front three. And then as one of the two sort of attacking mid slots, which Pep hasn't really used him in that role. But you look at some of the other City attackers and they're limited to two or three or maybe even one spot. So there's just way more routes of entry for Foden into that football team, depending on other people's suspensions or injuries or lack of form. You look at Grealish, he's only at the moment, Pep is only showing he's going to play in wide left or he did trial him as a false nine at times against Liverpool. You look at uh, Mares; he's only going to play on the right of a three. Mm. You look at Foden, there's so many routes to that team that I, th- I just think when he's on form, Pep will find a way of getting him in more often than not. Of course, there'll be benchings, as we said, but you take them for your, your, your 7.9 million asset, that's fine. What do you reckon on Ferran Torres? Because yeah. I'm suddenly seeing a lot of people seemingly forgetting about all the back, all the benches and all the problems they've had with him. And he's he's kind of becoming, I don't know, all exciting. Everyone's getting all excited about him again, thinks he's going to start. But if he starts, then what does that mean for Foden? Yeah, if he, I mean, if, if Torres starts, we know Mares will start on the right because there's no Jesus this week, weekend, or very unlikely. So for me, I'm looking at it going, okay, then it's a toss of a coin between Grealish and Foden for that left mm. three spot. Um, we also know that Foden plays as the false nine in the bigger games. Will Foden play false nine against Burnley? I'm not so sure. He might want a Raheem Sterling or a Torres. And I think it's probably between the two of them for the number nine slot. Against weaker teams, he plays with a number nine, not a false nine. And Sterling and Torres are not false nines. When they play in that role, they play as the nine. Foden doesn't play as a nine, just like KDB doesn't. They play false nine against tough opposition, as we've seen in the last two Premier League games. But look, if you own Torres, you keep him and you hope he starts. Um, if you're on a wild card, I wouldn't be bringing Torres in at all. And I'm surprised so many are. 
I think they're doing it because he scored a couple of goals against Italy, he looked great for Spain, but he's always scored goals for Spain when he goes on internationals. Mm. Pep, he's not flavour of the month for Pep. And yes, he might start against Burnley, but if you're bringing Torres in, just know you will be looking to move him very soon because he will not get the three and four starts that a Foden or a Grealish could get. No, he, I, he just I, won't get them. So it will, you'll become so frustrated. You'll see you'll see him bench twice in a row, which will happen in game week nine or 10 or 10 and 11. And then you sell him. So if you want a one week pun, yeah, you could look there. But moving forward, you just don't want to risk it. He's a massive rotation risk. You're probably going to get about as many minutes from Torres as you would a Mares, for example. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. seeing anyone considering Mares. Yeah. Because why would you? Because Gabriel Jesus is there. Foden can play there. You know, there's there's just too many options. I, I don't yeah. like the fact Torres has got... He was a decent option at the start of the season with Foden and De Bruyne out. Yeah. Now they're yeah. back. Who knows who's going to play false nine? He's, he's, a, he's a definite no-go for me. Uh, just a comment yeah. on the chat. I don't know what is... I don't know what has been... People have been drinking in their tea this morning. But the, the chat is very negative. Uh, shout out to Matthew <laughs> Kent, who... Uh, has not been spamming at all, but he's getting loads of stick. So yeah, if you're listening, if you're still there, uh, Matthew Kent, don't worry about, don't worry about the haters. You're all good. I'm keeping my eye on things. Um, let's talk about your team then, Janny. Going forward, uh, I mean, it's a sea of blue, really. Uh, I think this. I mean, I hate to say it, but I think this could be a good week for you. Uh, Rams down goal, Palace at home. And you've got double City defence, Diaz and Cancelo, Burnley at home. Double Chelsea defence, Rudiger and Christensen, Brentford away. You've got Salah captain of Watford away, Phil Foden, Burnley at home, Rafinha, Southampton away, Antonio Everton away, Lukaku, Brentford away, Jimenez, Aston Villa away. Saka on your bench as well, shows your depth. Yeah. It's a good, good side. It's funny because I planned the wild card for game week for, for the international break originally, and then I was looking at it going, yes, things could change, but I reckon if I was to wild card in the international break, it would look like this sort of team. And so I'm, I'm pleased I pulled the trigger two weeks, one game week early. Um, and actually, some of the players I brought in on my wildcard, like the Triple City, they weren't for that Liverpool fixture. They were from game week eight onwards. Mm. So now I'm kind of seeing the rewards because, of course, Cancelo zero points last week, Diaz zero points. That wasn't brilliant. I sold the likes of Ben White, who got a clean sheet. Um, so I feel like this is almost like my wildcard team from this week on. The thing is, you came away from that week with 50 when I saw people yeah. with 30, 32, you know, a, a 50 was a decent score. So, yeah, I think I was probably around five to 10 points up of if I didn't wildcard mm. because I would have had, I would have had Sanchez and White at the back, two lots of clean sheets, but I wouldn't have had Jimenez and I wouldn't have had Foden. So, um, yeah, I, I'd definitely take that. Look, I don't have Trent, and part of my wild card, I knew that there was a good chance he'd be back for Watford, and he's, of course, that's he's a risk. the he's the standout omission, isn't he? Yeah, he's the he's almost the elephant in the room. When you look at how how good this team looks, like it still has no Trent. I do have an easy-ish route to Trent, and the plan was always in two weeks' time, Jimenez downgrade to Tony because Tony goes on the most yep. unbelievable fixture run. And then that gives me enough to upgrade any of those defenders, whichever one I, I, I fancy, Pat Christensen or Diaz, to uh, to Trent. Um, the problem with that is I'm selling Jimenez, who would still be in potentially really good form and have really good fixtures. So I just need to tread carefully, which is why, knowing I don't have Trent, I love the flexibility of being able to get him any week if I have a transfer saved. So this week, I don't want to make any transfers for the sake of it knowing I'm gonna have an issue in a couple of weeks to get Trent in if I can keep rolling a transfer I think that that'd sit very nicely with me so that's kind of the transfer plan I'm not looking at bringing anyone in I've got the depth on my bench I don't expect Rafina to play 
but then Saka comes in. Yep. And if Christensen or Rudiger don't play, or even Lukaku, worst case scenario, then Livermento isn't the worst fixture in the world. You know, Leeds, if Bamford's not playing, I don't think he is, and Southampton are at home, then, you know, Livermento's always always got a, a tack and return in him too. So I'm fairly happy, even if a couple of flagged players don't, don't play. Although I think Lukaku and Rudiger will probably be fine. Christensen's obviously always a little bit of a risk. And Rafinha, I don't think will. So it's very unlikely that 11 will take the field. I expect Saka and probably, or possibly, Liverbento to come in. You've got to feel happier with a, with an actual bench, right? Like, I remember yeah. looking at your team a few weeks ago with, what, Parika there. And I think you had two, you had a four million defender. See, Jake, Jake agrees as well. He's, he's barking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing wildcard teams who are going really, really cheap at the back. And, you know, yeah. having the likes of Rafinha and Christensen and Lukaku and all these doubts that we've kind of got around. And I just think, I, I want I want two options. Livermento is perfect. He's the perfect, you know, four-ish million defender to yeah. have in. But I want another decent player to have. You've got Saka in this lineup. I'm looking at Smith Rowe. Um, yeah. in mine it just gives you that that little bit of comfort blanket doesn't it that that means that you can you can absorb a, a benching for someone especially when you've got Foden in your team as well you need one yeah you do and I think because I knew I was going Foden and I knew I was going Christensen I thought yeah I do need a slightly stronger bench the problem I have is there's a good chance Saka's going to spend a lot of time on my bench like if this is the 11 that takes to fill most weeks. Now, if Saka's being on the bench, there's a big argument to say, Janny, why didn't you go Smith Rowan and save the million? Because if he's only going to be a bench player. But I look at the fixtures and I look at how much I love Saka as an FPL asset. And actually, I think he'll start. I think he'll be in my 11 a lot, which is why I went with him over Smith Rowe. But that means, in a way, I'm I'm creating a bit of a benching headache for myself most, most weeks. Like It's a really nice fixture. Let's say these 11 do play and Rafina was fit. It doesn't sit well with me that I'd be benching Saka. I'd, I'd much prefer benching Smith Rowe, just knowing it's less money than on my bench. But look, if it needs a little bit of a benching headache every week, I'm willing to go there. I also do feel like the likes of Foden and Christensen will miss games. And sometimes when those guys do, they won't come on and I, I won't get the one points and I will get the, the auto sub of Saka. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the depth. You know, Brownhill, I purposely went as 4.4. Why have a 4.5 there? I don't expect him to play. The mm. four point, Brownhill will get as many points, I think, as most of the 4.5s anyway. So save your point one. I think that's a smart move for anyone on a wild card. Third sub, get a 4.4 in there if you can. Um, I think Brownhill is still 4.4. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm really happy. I think the only, the only comment I've got, which, um, you know, I'm not trying to play mind games or do anything like that, but I would probably be looking to start Saka in this game. I'm a bit surprised you've gone for the double Chelsea defence against because I mean Brentford away, given what we've seen so far, isn't a particularly easy fixture for them. Mm-hmm. Christensen doesn't offer a whole lot of attacking threat. Okay, Rudiger Rudi has a bit more about him. It's not like you're looking at Alonso or a Reese James or someone like that. Christensen yeah. versus Saka, are you not a bit tempted to to swap Saka in for him? Yeah, to be fair, that's a good point. I probably would be. Um, having thought about it, I would swap. Christensen with Saka. No, sorry, having, having thought about you mean listening to me tell you to put Saka in over Christensen. No, I see how it is. Yeah. Do you know what it was though, As I didn't do it because I, I just know that Rafina's not playing. So I know Saka's coming in regardless. Yeah. But but yeah, you're right. Listening to you, Christensen should come that, out. Oh, thank you. Oh, very, very humble of you, Jenny. Very humble of you. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if, if Rafina um, did play. I mean, he's he's back, what, on the, on the Friday and then the game's on the Saturday and playing for a Bielsa He's going to start. 
I think he's going to start for Brazil. I think. I yeah, think, so I think, do I. So, so you know, no chance. I mean, Bielsa is so much about energy, and you know, it's such a high press and all all that stuff that goes into their game. I, I just can't imagine someone could, you know, fly. Even if it, I don't know what the time difference means it is, but if it's less than twenty four hours, surely there's no way yeah. he's he's going to feature in, in that squad. I'd be very surprised. But Liverpool have already confirmed, haven't they, that Alisson and Firmino won't. Um, is it Firmino as well? I know, I know I definitely saw Alisson come over Firmino as well. But the Brazilian players who are in the internet won't, won't be won't be starting that match. Um, again, they're, an hour, against they're two and a half hours earlier, aren't they, the Liverpool lads? But still, I can't that because I need twelve thirty kick off on Saturday. But I'm with you. I just cannot see it. Yeah. And actually, that 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 Liverpool, yeah, that Liverpool Watford game. You think, oh, okay, without the Brazilians, it's still going to be a still surely going to be a bit of a route. And Salah run wild. We're still all we're still giving Salah the armband, aren't we? Yeah, I know that's the thing. Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd love, to, I'd love to make a case of captaining someone like Lukaku or, or going for a phone. I mean, I think, I think City could win that game four or five nil. They always seem to beat Burnley, you know, at home by by that score. Burnley, I think, are maybe more vulnerable than we've seen as well in previous seasons. Yeah. It, it could, but City, I guess, are a little bit less. They haven't got Aguero or a, or a talisman striker, but you'd, you'd still expect City to to win that. If it was any other game, but Watford. I would, yeah. I would be saying, oh, maybe we could be tempted. Maybe I'd be trying to talk you into a Foden captaincy. But if Foden was guaranteed ninety minutes, as I genuinely, if you said to me Foden's guaranteed ninety, I've got a crystal ball here. I would captain Foden over Salah because oh, it's because it's but because it's Burnley at oh. home, the home advantage and the new what and Ranieri and just Watford going yay and the early kickoff and some of the Brazilian players they would all plant little seeds of doubt and I would just go the upside of Foden at 2% owned. For me, I'd look at it and go, they're going to score very, I think they've got an equal chance of hitting 15 points each. So therefore go for the upside of Foden. Um, but look, Foden ain't going to, well, we don't we don't know if he's going to play 90. We know Salah will, so it's Salah mm. all day long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those ones as well. I mean, we talk about EO and you know how much I love talking about EO, but this this almost is the perfect opportunity for someone to, to consider those things you've mentioned, you know, maybe not a fully strong, strong Liverpool side. The, the games after an international break can sometimes be a bit more unpredictable. We're yep. going to see Salazio at what? 170, 180. We're going to see triple captains being played on him against Watford. Yeah. It could, it could be a week where someone who goes a bit different, you know, really does benefit. But I, I just think it's, it's one of the two easiest fixtures there are, you know, Norwich and Watford, I think are, are, are the teams I want to target and Salah's the best player in the league. So, it's it's very hard not to not to go for him. Um, I think that's about it, really. Uh, what do you reckon about on, on Antonio then? I mean, you've still got Antonio in your team. You've obviously haven't got Ben Rama anymore. I'm still seeing quite a few people sticking with him. Um, yeah. But are you you not? I'm guessing you're not planning on selling Antonio anytime soon, right? Don't want to. My route to Trent means Jimenez down to Tony. If Jimenez is flying in two weeks' time, and Antonio's had a couple of blanks, and West Ham don't look great that could become Antonio to Tony and you keep Jimenez and then I've got the money for Trent. Um, but I don't want to sell Antonio ever. His, his no. underlyings are too good. Just speaking to late riser about an hour ago, actually, who's on a wildcard draft. And I know, I know he's, he's considering going without Antonio on a wildcard draft. And I don't think it sits well with him. He doesn't want to do it, but you can't have them all. Can you? So um, for me, if I was on wildcard, I'd probably have him in. And obviously I'm not looking to transfer him out anytime soon, but if the form does dip or the point or West Ham don't look great going forward for whatever reason, because of their European fixtures, it might just turn me away. 
But I think to do that, I would need lots of other options like Jimenez firing because, you know, mm. we've said we've said all season, haven't we? Antonio's delivering like a premium, whether that's on the points he's getting in FPL, which we all love, but also when you look at the underlying stats. So you'd be you'd, you'd surely be foolish to sell him, wouldn't you? But then maybe you go fixtures maybe you go champions league and maybe you go lots of other great options out there and you think you think maybe it's, it's just it's a lack of key. real kind of alternatives around his price right i mean bamford yeah. could have been the one maybe that that with the fixtures leads have got but bamford we still don't really know what his injury his injury status is uh you know leads haven't exactly been amazing i think it's a massive gamble to be to be making that switch who have you got up front as who are you looking at on your wild card uh i've got lukaku antonio and currently neil mope Mm, okay <laughs> just for a one week just for a one week versus Norwich is he, is he six mil he's six, he's six five and then he's an easy switch over to Tony to Tony uh, yeah so, so you will be looking to cover Tony yeah and, and yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be grabbing Embraimo as well because he's his stats are, are fantastic um, yeah I was close on Embraimo last week so the two decisions that I, I went against which didn't work out well I went Rudiger over Azpilicueta that cost me big but I'm fine with it um, and then I went Saka over Mbemo. They were the two. Mm. And the only reason I went Saka over Mbemo was I want. I knew I was going to get Tony and I'm just not sure if I'm up for double Brentford attack. But actually, having watched him again last week, maybe I am up for double Brentford attack. When those Check out my turn. video, Jenny. If you're interested, Tony versus Mbemo. See what I come up with. I came, well, I won't, I won't say what the conclusion was because you can watch it and so can everyone else. Okay. I don't want to give it away. But yeah, very interesting. I mean, they're, they're, they're two players in very different roles um, for their yeah. side. I think the, the biggest worry of Mbemo is, is he another, is he another Traore? Because he's getting yeah. a lot of chances, but not really converting them. And I'd worry about his his clinical side. But you know, he's everything. Every, everything about him looks looks good. It's a really interesting week. This I have to say, because we're seeing loads of wild cards. So you know, there's been the game week seven and the game week eight wild cards. Lots of people have played those. A lot yeah. of people are standing firm and not doing it. So you know, a lot of people are moving away from the likes of Ronaldo, Ben Rama, um, and these guys. And you know, if they deliver, then the wild cards are probably going to be a bit miffed. But equally, there's potential now with like you're doing the double up in defense um players like Foden coming in uh yeah and, and people just spending more at the back really because losing the people that are losing Ronaldo are able to invest that money and it seems to be mostly going into uh back lines because there aren't too yeah. many sort of eight nine million midfielders that people are really considering yeah. so yeah very very interesting uh season it'd be devastating when Chelsea and City concede in the first five minutes and Ben Rama goes on and scores a hat trick that's gonna burn us both uh, I think. Um, right, let's talk about Fantasy Five then. Mentioned at the start of the video, um, if you're just tuning in, check it out if you haven't checked it out already. Um, the five fixtures uh, this week are Villa v Wolves, Leicester v United, Brentford v Chelsea, Everton v West Ham and Newcastle Tottenham. And I have to say, they are five really hard to call fixtures. I'm, I'm yeah. finding this week, apart from um, City Burnley and Liverpool Watford, which look pretty dead certs on, on wins for the, the bigger teams, it's a t- it's a tough week because I mean you look at Villa Wolves you've got the derby there Leicester United both have been a bit bit ropey Brentford yeah. Chelsea Brentford could cause an upset here Everton West Ham two evenly matched sides given previous performances and Newcastle Tottenham and you've got the richest club in the world now versus Spurs so well let's let's start with Villa Wolves what would you reckon on this how what where, where would your money be if you were if you're going for one of these two sides. I'd sit on the fence with this. I actually do think this is a, this has got draw written all yeah, over it. I think they well. cancel each other out. These teams. I think they're both they both hit a little bit of form recently. I sometimes after international breaks, I sometimes look at who's most affected by 
long distance traveled or potential rotation but Jimenez looks like he's got an okay rest so don't think he's I think he starts um so, so for example Leicester Man United I'm I'm quite set on my opinions there and I'll give you them in a sec but yeah because of the internationals but I don't know what do you recognize where, where are you thinking I mean Watkins is is Watkins over Ings all day long for me at those prices. Yeah, Watkins at 6'5", looks good. I mean, him. you said about him and his rest. I think he's playing Thursday. It's, mm. uh, I don't know. I, I think he might. I think, it, I think he'll probably start. He gets a little bit extra, but I think Huang might be the one that I'd go for if I was going for a Wolves player. But yeah, I, I think Watkins yeah. is a good shout at 6'5". I'm, 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 ha- I'm happy to go with Watkins or Huang. Yeah. Let's go yeah. Watkins. Go, we go. We go. With you right then. Come on. Then. So, what do you reckon? Leicester United. You got. You got strong opinions on this, have you? I do because United have looked rubbish. Um, Leicester have looked poor at the back, so I think there's goals in it. But Leicester have this guy that no one's talking about in FPL this season. This guy doesn't play for England anymore. He really should do. This guy is Jamie Vardy. Mm. Now he is Jamie Vardy is getting towards the end of his career, but he's still really fit. He doesn't play international. So what does that mean? He gets two weeks rested. So yes, he would have done some training, but he's going to be so fresh and he's going to be facing a defence that has no Varane and no Maguire. Yes, no, please. No brainer. Straight in. Yeah, that's right. very true. I think Vardy is, is, is going massively under the road. Karam was on the scout cast uh, last night. He's got him in his in his team. Has he? Um, yeah. Been benefiting from those points. He's, he's always someone that I think a lot of us are just going to overlook because he's not playing for a top, top side. Yeah, uh, he's quite expensive, and people are looking to Ronaldo and Lukaku and stuff. But yeah, I, I really like Vardy. I think he's, I think he's a strong pick. If we got told Lukaku was out this week, and I don't think he will be, that's genuinely the only, the only transfer I'd perhaps make. If I knew Lukaku was out for a couple of weeks, I would maybe look to sell him and bring Vardy in mm. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but yeah. No, I think I completely agree. Um, Brentford, Chelsea, then. So obviously Brentford are, are, are priced a lot less on some of these. Tony's there at six five, um, and Bremen is more seven five, um, and then. A lot of the defenders, they've got pretty much all the defenders are 6'5", so I think we're going to ignore all of those. You've then got Lukaku there at like 9'5". I, I can't mm. see Lukaku, I just can't see Lukaku getting double digits against Brentford at the moment. They no, they look really good. I think it's Tony or Embremo for me. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. And you look at Chelsea's back line and they've all been away. Like they wouldn't have spent any time on the training ground together the last couple of weeks. So you look at the way Brentford have been attacking and you always think there's a goal in there. Like how good were they against West Ham? We didn't expect that. We thought, okay, not against West Ham, but no, they, they had a good go. Or we go for Mason Mount at eight, five, or we go for one of the, we take a punt on someone like, I mean, Alonso and Chilwell, nine, five. Reese James nine five. Mm, nah, I'm not it's got to be. It's got to be Brentford, isn't it? I think it's got to be Brentford. Yeah, and Brent more Tony. Go on, you can pick. I'm going to go Tony for the penalty appeal, and I know we've we've only he's only had the one pen, and I know his role in the side because I've not seen your bid as, but I, I can imagine where you went with it. But I think Tony will still. He, yes, provider is there. He has been a provider, but he's going to get a fair share of goals too. So I'll go Tony, I think. Just. Cool. Tony's in. Uh, such, Everton... a good, such a good finisher, Tony, when you compare the yeah. two. Yeah, it's really interesting. The, the role he's taken now is 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 he's playing deeper than he played in the Championship. They have t- they have t- tweaked their tactics. I thought he would yeah. just be camped in the penalty area. Yeah. And they'd be looking to get balls to him, but they've got so much more about them than that sort of just simple strategy. They're an absolutely fantastic side. Really enjoying watching them play. Um, can't believe Brighton beat him. Uh, Everton, West Ham then. Uh, so we've got Calvert-Lewin, not sure if he's going to be back yet, at 6-5. Uh, we've got Gray, 8-5. Townsend, 7-5 and Decore. So Gray's been priced a bit higher than the other two. I don't think there's too much in it between them. So we might come back to that in a bit. 
Uh, then West Ham, you've got the likes of Ben Rama, Sojek. Uh, where's Antonio? Antonio's at, Antonio's at 6.5. 6. 5, which is, yeah, which is, that's cheap for Antonio. Everton defence has been quite good. West Ham defence has been really disappointing this mm. season. And I don't know, Towns end on penalties. If Calvert-Lewin's out, yeah, he will be. I don't know. I don't know where, how I feel about that game. I, I, I feel like, again, a bit like, Lee, a bit like the Villa-Wolves game, I could see sort of a score draw there. I think Antonio at 6'5 is too good to overlook. Just, yeah, you're just, right. just, just given the stats he's got. I mean, Townsend looks good at 7'5 as well, but I mean, he's more than Antonio. And Martin... That doesn't sit well, does it? Townsend being more than the Antonio. <laughs> it has to be Antonio. What's the deal with Antonio in Jamaica? Did he not travel? He didn't he, go. Did he pull out? So again, go. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, he didn't go. No, he's in. Right, then let's talk about the, the billionaires then. Uh, <laughs> what do you make of the takeover? Yeah, it's... Um, I mean... It's, the, it's on the Premier League for me. Like, I don't like the idea of people thinking that it's on Newcastle fans, perhaps they should take a stand against it. Like, we've all, many of us have been there. Like, I'm a Chelsea fan. I've got good friends that are City fans. You, you do support the club. You don't support the owners. The Premier League have taken a very long time on this one. Um, and it's, it's on them. It's not on the fans. So... Unfortunately, that's just where football has moved. Like, I'm not a big fan of FIFA, but we all support the World Cup. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. And how would you make of them going forward? Do you reckon they're going to... Because my, my kind of theory is is they're going to do what City did. They're going to buy a load of average yeah. to slightly above average players, you know, like City did with Les Scott, Adebayor, Santa Cruz, yeah. you know, Bellamy, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Yeah, I mean, like good like good players, but not like top four players. Yeah, but they'd make a couple of marquee signings, and I reckon in three or four years they they should they should be right up there because people were going to buy into this project, I think, and especially when someone like Santa Cruz can earn one hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand pounds a week. Like, why wouldn't you? So, going to be reaching. I think St. Maximan is probably the only one that's going to hang around, and maybe Dubravka. Yeah, everyone yeah, else, Maxim- everyone else is going to be shown the exit door. It's it's going to be an interesting one if they go for the Man City approach. And you mentioned all the names there, many of which were sort of from exotic countries and relatively unknown, but came mm. with a reputation. Or they go for the Chelsea approach, which was slightly more reserved, actually, back in 2003, four, whenever it was, where they bought Glenn Johnson and Damian Duff. And they, there were a few more modest signings that were kind of proven Premier League assets already. Um and I wonder if Newcastle, I guess it all depends on whoever the manager is going to be, but Newcastle could go after your James Ward Prouses mm. and your Wilf Zahars, or they could go after your Coutinho's and your Icardi's because they want the bigger names on the, you know, from, from other countries that perhaps aren't proven in the Premier League, but you look at it and go, that'll attract a global audience and the new manager might want them. It's going to take time, like, because you look at the team and it's absolutely rubbish, like, on paper. <laughs> if you're going to compete for Europe, Europe, it's just a million miles from there. So whoever you're bringing in has got to be on the promise that it's not just you coming in this window, mate. You're coming with six other worldies yeah. because they're not going to want to agree to be the first one playing alongside, um, I don't know, Paul Dummett for the, for the first 12 months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. And again, it comes down to the manager. Like, if they go for a... And if they get a, you know, I think Graham Potter's at about 10 to 1, you'll be pleased to know as he's not the favourite. But if they go for a Conte at 4 to 1 and they get him, then yeah, you think that the, it's going to be a lot of these big names like yeah. your Icardi's and your 